What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to episode four of Third Eye Unblind. My name is Danielle, but as you already know, in the witchy realm, I go by the Shadow Priestess. And if you are here for the fourth time in a row, I want you to go on Instagram right now and DM me. Let me know who you are, where you're from, introduce yourself because I really want to start to get to know my listeners. I want to know what you guys want to hear from me. And even if you're here for the first time and this is the first episode that you are tuning into, thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. Um, I value you. So uh, hit me up on Instagram. You can find me at third eye unblind pod. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to jump right into things because the amount of fatigue that I am experiencing right now is unreal. So I have had a very, very lengthy and stressful week at my job. There is a lot that um, corporate America requires of its employees, and I hate it. (laughs) I hate it so much because this is not what gets me out of bed in the morning. It's not my passion. So yeah, I've been going through it this week. And so I'm actually excited, though, to bring you guys this subject matter because we're going to be talking about dating and how different it is to get out into the dating world post-spiritual awakening. And so what I did to kind of help me with this episode is I put out a poll on Instagram and I asked you guys how you felt about certain things um, post-spiritual awakening Um, and, and I wanted to just see what your views were and what you guys were experiencing because I certainly feel like dating for me was totally different after I went through my awakening. And so actually, I'll just give this story of how I even started waking up in the first place. So I was dating, uh, I barely even want to talk about this right now, <laughs> but I was, I was dating a young man a few years ago and I am not a uh, licensed psychologist, but I do think that this person that I was dating has narcissistic personality disorder. It was beyond someone just doing things that were narcissistic. It was systematic narcissistic abuse on a daily basis. And, you know, I just went through a, a, a long time of being gaslit, being, you know, put down, verbally abused, Then you have the narcissistic rage and the outbursts when, you know, he didn't get his way. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I don't want to go too deeply into it right now because I don't want to get caught up in the story because I want to get into what you guys um, actually are dealing with. But yeah, so that's actually how I ended up on this path. And so while he was one of the most terrible forces of energy in my life. He also became one of the most important people in my life because of where that relationship thrusted me into. And so 
that's why I wanted to actually start out with what I think is good about dating. Um, and I, I want to challenge all of us to shift our mindsets, right? Because especially with millennials and Gen Zs out there, everything on social media that we see is all, it's all for the gram. You know, it's all about flexing. You know, it's all about how much money you have, how much money your partner has. It's, it's very egoic. And so I want to, I don't want to say start a movement, but you know what? I'm going to claim it for myself, but I want to start a movement of thinking about dating more so as a spiritual practice um, or a spiritual act, especially after awakening. And I know that a lot more people are going to get here. Maybe not the masses just yet, but I know that people will get to this place um, as this massive awakening starts spreading throughout the world. So uh, some good things about dating. Dating really challenges us to open ourselves to giving love and receiving love. And this directly corresponds to the root and the heart chakras. And obviously we, we all know on the surface why this is a good thing but what's really amazing about being in relationship is the fact that when we are pushed to give and receive love it actually triggers shadow work and it uncovers and shines the light on some of our shadows so I'll use myself as an example I not like to ask for help, even from people who love me and care about me and would be more than willing to do so, because as a child, my gifts and my talents and what I was bringing to the table, I didn't feel like it was valued by my family. And so it just became me, myself, and I, me helping myself, me closing up to my family and those close to me. Um, and, and it manifested itself in my adulthood now as a lack of vulnerability in that respect. And so when you get called out in relationships, it's so funny because the first you know, the first instinct is to go defensive, right? Because nobody wants to be called out. Nobody wants to be quote unquote checked. But when people call us out like, hey, I just want to help you. And we can't do that or allow ourselves to do that. It should trigger something in us that needs work. And a lot of people might not look at this um, as a spiritual act or a spiritual activity, but it definitely is because the more you heal, the more you can break those generational patterns, those generational curses that are continuing to manifest within your own lineage. So I hope that part made sense. Um, another thing that 
dating does for us that I think is really great is that it teaches us to voice our needs. So if you're anything like me and you love to be alone and you were blissfully single but now are in a relationship and are having a hard time voicing your needs, um, you know, being in a relationship can really be a great breeding ground for practicing communication and healthy communication. So yeah, I think that's definitely something that we can practice and bring to the front of our awareness uh, when we are in relationships. And I'm not saying that you can't find these skills or you know hone in on these skills anywhere else, but I do think that if you are in a relationship and you have you know, brought somebody into your life and into your space and now you're finding yourself having a little bit of a hard time, I do think that a relationship, it doesn't have to end just because you are not 100% the person that you want to be. So yeah, that brings me into the last thing that I want to say about what's great about dating is that it causes us to think about our self-worth and our views of ourselves. I really love this because a lot of people tend to think about how much they're worth, what they will and will not tolerate in a relationship when they get out of a bad relationship. And that's good. You know, a lot of people get so upset and they get hung up on what happened to them, not knowing that what happened to them does not define who they are, you know? So if your mind after you get out of like let's say let's say you just got out of an abusive relationship and you're thinking to yourself wow i trusted myself enough to leave that relationship and to learn more about myself even though my foundation right now is a little shaky because now i have to figure out who I am without this person, but I'm going to do that and I'm going to put in the work to discover what exactly it is that I need. What is it that is going to make me safe? What is it that I need from a partner that is going to help me feel valued as a person? All of these thoughts, if you're having those thoughts about your own self-worth and you being a whole person by yourself after getting out of a terrible relationship, you are absolutely on the right track. So I want to kind of dive into some of these poll questions because I thought they were really interesting. I thought they were really, really interesting. So I asked on Instagram, do you find it harder to date after awakening? And it was about a 60-40 split. 60% said yes, and 40% said no, not really. And if you're a part of that 40%, you are so lucky. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how uh, you did it, um, but most people find it harder to date after awakening. So um, I asked, you know, what exactly makes it hard uh, to date after awakening. And I was actually kind of surprised by the answers that I got because most people said the same exact thing. Most people said that it's harder to date after awakening because they don't want to be viewed as crazy. And I am just like, 
I'm so blown away at how our society has labeled, you know, spirituality and awakening and knowing yourself and being able to do things like transmute energy and all of those wonderful things. It's been labeled as crazy when really we are just stepping into, especially women, we are stepping into our innate power. I just think that it just blows me away. It really, really blows me away that this is um, something that has been labeled crazy these days. But you know what? I definitely had, um, I definitely had those thoughts too. So I was actually scared. So I'm currently in a relationship, and I was definitely scared to just like come out and call myself a witch because, for the most part, I'm still in the broom closet. So, uh, yeah, I was definitely a little afraid to come out because I too did not want to be viewed as crazy. Like, oh gosh, like this girl is about to put all these spells on me and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And also like people don't take, people don't take the practice seriously. So another answer I got was limited worldviews and boy, oh boy, is this so true. Um, especially for someone who is just like so far from, (laughs) you know, like having any ability to self-reflect even, you know what I mean? Or, or to dig deeper beyond their own surface, um, and, and challenge themselves, you know, dealing with people like that can be really hard. Those are what we call very low vibrational people and dealing with low vibrational people can be very, very tough, Um, and, uh, there was another answer I got that says this person knows who they are and they know exactly what they want. And so at this point, settling is not an option. I totally agree. I totally agree with this hundred percent because, you know, when you do have this heightened awareness, you are going to be emitting such high energy and people are going to be drawn to that both high vibrational people and low vibrational people. And so you are going to definitely have to weed out all of this, you know, energy that is not going to help you remain a high vibrational person. And you don't want people around you who are going to kind of try to break down your auric field or hurt your auric field, however you want to phrase that. Um, but yeah, like you, it's just, it's very hard because that's what I think is, is the hardest part is the fact that when you are a high vibrational people, you attract people of all vibrations because you are attractive. Your energy becomes so attractive. Um, and so you're dealing with a lot more now. And I think it's a common misconception that, you know, when you're, when you raise your vibration and you raise your energy, then only good things happen to you. That's a huge misconception out there uh, about energy. However, however, there is some merit to it, but that's not exactly how it works. It's not so black and white. So this is a prime example of how it's not so black and white. If you are in this awakened journey, don't expect for your husband to just show up at your doorstep and then you can just like get married tomorrow and 
everything's going to be all sunshine and roses uh, because I think we all know that that's far from the truth. So yeah, there are, are a lot of other things that I think make dating after awakening so hard. But I do want to note that if you are at a point of higher consciousness and all of a sudden you are watching people walk out of your life, you are shedding old relationships, you are shedding old partners from before you were awakened, then that is a good thing. And you should probably take a minute right now to thank the universe. Because when you have that assistance from the universe, it is actually weeding out the people who are not like-minded. And the fact that you don't have to deal with doing that yourself um, by sheer force of will, that's really a blessing. So another thing is that you are really shifting your mindset at this point. And you're starting to look at the world in a totally different way, right? And you're starting to see things for what they really are. And one of those things is yourself. So a lot of people say that when you get into a relationship, a part of you has to be sacrificed to be with another person. And I think that this is probably one of the most damaging misconceptions out there about relationships and in particular long-term relationships because first of all no second of all I am not looking for my better half I am looking for a whole person who allows me to be also a whole person now with this will come sacrifice but it will not be a sacrifice of myself or the other person sacrificing who they are, but it will be more of a sacrificing of perceived wants and needs. So before, when I liked to be completely alone, I was, listen, guys, I was blissfully single. I loved my quiet time. I loved not having to answer to anybody. That was a perceived need of mine, quiet, <laughs> you know, being alone, being in solitude, um, I thought was a necessity for me when in actuality, it's not a necessity, but sometimes I do have to sacrifice my time to get to know the person that I am in a relationship with. Um, so let's look at some more questions. Uh, I asked, do you prefer a partner who is also on the spiritual path? And this was also about a 60-40 split. 60% said yes, and 40% said that it doesn't matter. I honestly don't even... It's so funny. I, I feel like I have an opinion about everything. And then this one is like where I am a little confused, right? So... <clears throat> I do think it's important for someone to definitely see and understand what path you are on. I think it will pose more challenges if someone doesn't even have the self-awareness to reflect on themselves. It'll definitely pose a problem if there is a difference or a shift 
in, you know, what is right and wrong, morals and values in terms of someone. So like, for example, I don't need someone who is necessarily going to pull tarot cards for me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we don't have, we don't have to both be in tarot cards. We don't have to both be in astrology. Uh, I wouldn't expect my life partner to do spells or anything like that. However, how ever, I do expect the person I'm with to recognize my power. I do expect the person that I'm with to respect the fact that I am going to let myself be led by the universe. I am going to expect my partner to understand that I am going to rely on my intuition um, because that is one of my greatest powers as a, as a woman. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of things that I think are non-negotiables, but in terms of things being the exact same in terms of how we express spirituality, that doesn't necessarily have to be the same. Well, also there's there's the conversation of spirituality versus religion too. So we're definitely seeing an uptick in what we call spirituality as opposed to religion. Um, so that's another thing that comes into play here. But yeah, so I threw out a couple of questions on Instagram too about um, sexual activity. So I asked if people felt like they were more or less likely to engage in sexual activity post-awakening. And most of the people who responded said that they were less likely, but the more likely button was a close second. So it was almost 50-50, which I found interesting. And then I asked if people found sex more meaningful and enjoyable after awakening. And most people did find it more enjoyable. So I think that this goes to show that, you know, people generally understand that sexual encounters actually do exchange energy. And it's so funny because when I was in church a long time ago and I was coming up and I was in that age group of teenagers that were growing up and thinking about things and blah, 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 they would throw around this term called soul ties and they basically would try to scare us into not having sex because you know you make a soul tie with someone and then all of their demons become your demons and I thought it was just like a bunch of bullshit and come to find out (laughs) they kind of had a point not necessarily in the way that they were explaining it's not really what I believe at this point but I do believe that energy exchanges are real You know, if we can be in just conversation with someone and exchange energy or just be in the same room as someone and be able to feel and internalize their energy, especially those of us who are highly sensitive, imagine how much energy can be exchanged through exchange of bodily fluids. Shadow priestess just said something right there. I might have just did something. Okay, well, that actually gives me a great idea um, because this kind of is going to bleed over into the topic of trauma. 
if I don't stop myself here. And I think that that's definitely something that uh, we should look into. Um, I was not going to talk about shadow work and trauma until around um, Scorpio season, but you know, Scorpio season is so far away and I am feeling right now that there's a need for that. So, you know, it might come earlier than I expected and I am open to whatever the universe needs from me. With that being said, tune in next week for some more great conversation. And I am so grateful that you guys are, you know, here and listening to me. I hope I'm bringing value to somebody and helping you through your spiritual journey. And let me know what you guys think. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at third eye unblind pod. And with that being said, do your shadow work and keep it pushing.